I think new authors are too worried that it has all been said before. Sure it has, but not by you. Asha Dornfest. You're listening to Writing Roots, brought to you by Aspen House Publishing. Welcome to Writing Roots. I'm Lee Hole. And I'm Leesis. And our question of the day is, is it all in my head? Yes. It sure is. That's where stories come from. <laughs> so part of this question is trying to figure out what you're writing, how you're writing it, your process, and if it's okay to write cliches or if you should avoid them. So how do I avoid being cliche in my writing? Don't worry about it. (laughs) Pretty much like the opener said, it's those who think about being cliche and those who worry about being cliche, those tend to be the ones who are cliche. If you're a storyteller, tell your story. We've said this before. There are only so many plot lines out there in the world, but how you tell it is different from how your favorite author tells it, which is different from how their favorite author tells it which is different from the way Homer told it. And it's the same idea of the hero's journey or whatever it is, but it's a new story every time. And nobody can write it like you can. If you're comparing yourself to everybody else, then you're wondering if you're writing it like somebody else. And then all of those questions go and you end up stopping yourself from writing. If you are just writing to entertain yourself, writing selfishly, then nobody else can write it like you can. Like the opener said, it has all been said before, but not by you. Nobody can tell it like you can. We talked before in an earlier episode talking about secondary and tertiary characters, where cliches are actually a very good thing. Tropes are a good thing because they're guideposts for your reader to kind of know what's coming. Readers love to be able to think about what's coming before it actually happens. Yes, you want surprises. Yes, you want twists. But it makes it easier to process when things fall in with what the reader's expecting. And it's really useful to make sure the readers are focusing on what you want them to be focusing on. The cliche is something that's out of focus. It's not the important part. We're going to be talking a little bit more about tropes a little bit later. So if you have more questions about tropes, what is a Mary Sue, then that will be our first episode in the trope series, which will be in a couple of months. But just remember, don't avoid being cliche. Embrace it and know that your story is going to be unique because it's your story. Another question that we run into a lot is people worrying a little bit too much about writing in a popular genre. What books are popular right now? Should I be writing in that? And in the same vein, people are asking what's going to be popular next? What should I be writing now so that I can catch that wave of popularity? There are two answers to that. And of course, writing selfishly is the most important part. But what books are popular right now and what books are popular soon? It can be predicted to some extent. We'll talk about the genre cycle in a second. But it's always also a surprise. It's a gamble. Nobody realized how big pirates would be until Pirates of the Caribbean came out. And then there were like 3,000 other smaller movies and TV shows that mimicked pirates. It rode that wave. Same thing with fantasy and Lord of the Rings. And it kind of pains me to say this, but the genre of vampires has also gone through a similar thing. You had Anne Rice's book get made into a movie in the early 90s. 
you had Buffy the Vampire Slayer come out around the same time, and that evolved over time into this huge surge of love of vampires and werewolves and that urban fantasy genre that is just starting to die down. So I mentioned earlier there's a little bit of a way to predict what's going to happen, and that is the genre cycle. You can write a whole thesis on this. Have fun. But there are four main steps in the genre cycle. The first one is the primitive. So the very first spark that lights this fad that'll go on for about 15, 20 years. To use a semi-modern example, the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man movies were kind of the primitive step in the superhero genre. Yeah. And it spawned this massive superhero cinematic universe that we all know and love. The next phase in that is a little bit retro, and that's the classic phase. That's when your audience is already familiar with the genre and kind of how it goes, but you're adding an interesting twist to it. To go to the superhero reference, this is very much Iron Man. He was the first movie to spark the MCU. And if you look back People always point to Iron Man as being the first of the MCU, despite it kind of-ish being the Hulk. I don't know. (laughs) The next phase is the revisionist phase. This is when you're definitely getting something new from something that you already have. So in our example, we have the Avengers, where you're bringing in people from different movies that they've created and mashing them all into one to do something amazing and great with it. You're sort of going off of that high of everyone's familiar with it. Everyone kind of knows what to expect in a superhero movie, but they don't know what to expect from your superhero movie. They can guarantee you're doing something different and interesting with it. It's not the same thing being rehashed over and over again. And the final step is the parody. That step where you kind of just make fun of everything that came before it. (laughs) Ooh, superhero pose. You can't see it, but she's giving a superhero pose. In case you haven't seen the movie, that is a reference to the movie Deadpool, where he is making fun of superheroes while being a superhero. It is a parody. It is a comedy. It is rated R, so if you have kids listening, then maybe watch it yourself first. But it is a fun play, and the people who are sick of seeing all of these Avengers movies might still watch Deadpool, Because it's making fun of all of these Avengers movies. So to sum up, your genre cycle is your primitive, classic, revisionist parody. And if you want to know what will be popular soon, figure out what is in the primitive part of the cycle. Figure out what's in the classic phase. We're just starting to see a couple of westerns pop back up. Like we had all of the spaghetti westerns in the 70s and then they kind of died off. And then they're just starting to pop back up. So there's a good chance that Westerns are about to start getting really popular again. Because I'm seeing those in the primitive and classic phase right now. Which just tells me Firefly was before its time. Oh, see that that was a a space Western. (laughs) Yeah, it was kind of the revisionist Western. (laughs) Mm -hmm. But now we're seeing that with Mandalorian. Ooh, that's true. It's very space Western-y feel. So... If you're asking yourself which books are popular now, which are going to be popular next, there's a quote by Barbara Kingsolver that I really like. Don't try to figure out what other people want to hear from you. Figure out what you have to say. 
And that's really the most important part of the answer to this question is you can try to play that game. You can try to predict. But honestly, what you write is what you should be writing right now. You can think about what genres are going to be popular. You can think about what you could write to get in on that popularity wave. But if you don't like that genre, if you don't feel passionate about it, your book's just not going to be as good. So you might as well write what you want to write. So let's go ahead and move on to our next question. How do you go about writing a flashback? How do I go about writing a flashback? Yes. I don't. For me, momentum is a huge deal in my writing style. And I want things to be moving forward constantly. If I'm flashing back, then I'm slowing things down. Flashbacks are a very difficult thing because if it's something that they need to know, you're probably better off introducing it in a different way. However, just like any suggestion, any advice, there are times when it can be done and it can be done well. If your character has PTSD, and they're literally experiencing that flashback in that moment, then maybe, but that's the only time that comes to mind right now. I'm going to share an example from Brandon Sanderson's Stormlight Archive series. You guys get to hear about it a lot. I apologize. Again, for like the 50th time. (laughs) So in the Stormlight Archive series, in the first book, Way of Kings, throughout the book, we see flashbacks from the main character, Kaladin. And it's not always a flashback in the moment, but it is a look at his past. It's used as a tool to help explain something like a response to a situation he's currently in. But it doesn't slow the momentum because there's interesting things happening there that are relevant to the rest of the story. So if you as an author want permission to use a flashback, you are obligated to read this book first and then you're allowed to do it. I think one reason why he does it so well is because it's a common theme throughout this series. And things that were hinted at in the first book are finally explained in full during the second one when we're seeing these flashbacks. Another question we get along the same vein is, how do I go about writing a prologue? I'd say the answer is pretty close to the first one. Don't. I somewhat disagree with this, though. If it's done right... It has to be done right. If you're using the prologue only as a first chapter, then just make it your first chapter. The litmus test for that, I would say, is if your main character appears in the prologue, then it's probably your first chapter. I often reference uh, Harry Potter. The first chapter is The Boy Who Lived, and Harry Potter is an infant being dropped off at the Dursley's home. It's a chapter one. It's not a prologue. To kind of counteract that back to the Stormlight Archive example, he has a prologue that happens centuries before the book. And in that book, it's never fully explained what the prologue meant, but it does provide context for a major part of the story. So if you want to write flashbacks, if you want to write a prologue, really consider why. Because 90% of the time, it's not actually going to be needed. Yeah, definitely proceed with caution. As with any of these topics, you have to ask yourself, does this move the story forward? And of course, when you're asking yourself these questions, it's during your self-editing process, not during the writing phase. 
So it's kind of a sum up. Is it all in your head? Yes, but that's where it matters. That's where your story is. Just write what you want to write. Do what you want to do. This is your hobby. This is what you like to do. So just do it. Yeah, don't worry about the rest of the world and their opinions about it when you're writing. Don't worry if it's cliche. Don't worry about if you're writing in the wrong genre because this might sell better. Really? Just write selfishly. If you have a question or comment for our hosts or a topic you'd like us to cover, send us an email at writingroots at aspenhousepublishing.com or find us on Facebook by searching for Aspen House Publishing. 